0: get divorced without getting screwed a podcast for men who are thinking about divorce in the middle of one now or are recovering from this horrible process you will get advice from experts and hear inspirational stories of men just like you who have survived divorce now let's get to work my name is John Nocklinger the men's divorce coach and mentor I am the founder of Divorce Shield, a company devoted to helping men get through the divorce process. Today, my guest is Michelle Serro. She is the owner of Divorce RX. It's a company that helps people organize themselves at the end of a divorce. You can find out more about her at divorce rx.com. Thanks so much for being here, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much for having me, John. This is great.
0: I am so excited to talk to you today. Um, We met each other in a room on Clubhouse, and I really loved this concept of helping people get organized after divorce. And it's something that I had never really heard of before. And I'm a divorce attorney. So why don't you tell us a little bit about why you got into this?
1: Well, that's an interesting... um, you know, statement that you make there as far as that you've never heard of it. And the way that I got into it was having a background in education. From education, I became a professional organizer and I worked in fa- with families and in homes and in small businesses organizing um, play. lot did a lot of playrooms, um, a lot of toys, a lot of artwork, all that kind of stuff that sort of explodes with families when you start having... One kid, two kids, and then it gets a little out of control. Um, and so that's how I started as an organizer. And after doing that for some years, I really decided, um, and then going through a divorce of my own, I sort of knew there was a way to combine my professional uh skills as an organizer and my personal experience as someone who had gone through divorce with children, lived through and still am the logistics of, you know going back and forth between the two homes and I thought well how can I help people who are going through divorce with the specific and unique needs and challenges that they have at a really hard time and so that is really how I decided to marry no pun intended those two areas of my life and come up with divorce rx and the first thing that I did was say, okay, you know, I think that that I've got something here, let's see who else is doing it. And interestingly, what I found out was really there was nobody else doing it. And so I've really been doing a lot of um, similar things, you know, that I'm doing today is a lot of education about how working with an organizer can help you specifically going through when you're going through a divorce. That's
0: exactly why I had never heard of it because of the fact that there's just no one that's doing what you're doing. And it's such a wonderful thing to help so many people at the end of a divorce. I mean, most people at the end of a divorce are exhausted, right? They're just tired. They've just been through this emotional process. Their marriage is over. Sometimes that means moving out of a house, moving into a new house. All of a sudden now, instead of the kids being with both of you all the time, you're splitting up the kids. There's so many things that are going on. And I sensed all of the stress that people have at the end of divorce. And I've always, as an attorney, been thinking, how can I help people? And a professional organizer just makes so much sense. That's why I've loved getting to know a little bit about you, Michelle. So you um, got divorced. So tell me a little bit about how your divorce went.
1: Oh, how my personal divorce went. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I uh, was divorced about six years now. And I do, with my ex, have 50-50 custody. Um, We have three children who are now 15, 20, and 22. And, you know, one of the things that I did early on in my divorce when I was hit with everything that you're hit with at the beginning of your divorce was I naturally went to organizing. And so I would spend some time, you know, Tidying up, and I felt very calm from doing that, and that's another reason why, when I came to do this, it, it I remembered back to the time when I was first getting divorced, and I said, you know that that calm in my in my home really helps me to focus and and create the intercom, um, whatever intercom I had at that time, um, and so I felt like that was something that I could use um, to help people, but. As far as my own divorce, I will say that if I could reflect on anything and and say anything today, what do I what I wish I knew then that I know today is that it's a process, and that where you are as you're going through divorce does not at all represent what you, where you're going to be in six months, a year, five years, ten years. I wish that I had known that back then, but I do know that today, and I really, really advocate for people truly believing what the, the words and acting on the words, you know, we're doing this for the in the best interest of the child, whatever it is that they're doing or saying, I really hope that people do that. And that was definitely a lesson that I learned myself.
0: That actually drives a lot of the fear is the unknown, right? The unknown Absolutely. of the future. I think that you were right on to say that, you know, you don't really know what to expect in the future. And that actually creates just a sort of paralysis sometimes in the process. And that includes where you come into play at the end of the case and where people have to divide their personal property, where someone has to set up a new house. You know, a lot of times those things can just be overwhelming. They're, they're very difficult usually anyway, but they're very overwhelming a lot of times, particularly if you've got a man who's moving out of a house that, you know, they have attachment to because they're, you know, let's say they're letting their ex-spouse live in the house with the children, and now they're moving out and they have to find a new residence. Those things are difficult, as you know, Michelle, most, uh, most men of middle age don't like change to begin with. So, I mean, you add in you add in something as big as having to sort of start a brand new life, and it's really difficult. What kinds of people have you been working with in your uh, organizing business?
1: So, I would say that the people who I work with are across the board different. There is no, this is not a one size fits all type of situation. And ideally, people would come to me when they're thinking about divorcing. And as you mentioned, which is a really important point, that paralysis, because oftentimes you can know that you're in a situation that you don't want to continue in. But thinking about how am I ever going to clean out that basement, clean out that attic? How are we ever going to divide our things? Can I stay in the house? Can I afford to stay in the house? How can we run two households? How are the kids going to go back and forth? All of those questions are completely overwhelming and oftentimes leave you know lead people to just kind of go, you know what, never mind. <laughs> it's a bad idea. I'm not gonna do it. And so talking to someone, so so oftentimes I speak to people and just talk that talk them through, okay, this is how you can do it and how, you know, it's not going to be as bad as you think that it's going to be. And you know, having a plan is a really important piece, uh, first step for sure, no matter what your situation is. So I work with people who are, as you mentioned, you know, moving out and in divorce, someone's always moving, whether both people are moving or one person is moving. Oftentimes, like you mentioned, oftentimes it's the mom who stays in the house and the dad moves out. And so reimagining that home for the mom if she's the one who's moving out and then helping the dad set up a new place, those are two ways. And also working with people who need to divide their things. And that is really even in the most amicable of of divorces, there's so much emotion tied up, you know, with all that stuff in your basement and going through all the emotion, there's already loss that's that's on the, on the surface and to deal with the the loss of the quote unquote stuff and feeling like someone else may be trying to take stuff from you, you know, so it's just loaded. And you would never think that the experience of dividing the marital property would be loaded with emotions, but it really very much is. I mean, in general, organizing and, people who keep hold on to things, there's a lot of emotion in there, you know, in general organizing one oh one, take out the divorce piece. So add the divorce piece, as I think you said earlier was, it's just so much more difficult, um, to navigate.
0: Yeah. And all that stuff that people get all worked up mm-hmm. about in divorce. I mean, most yeah. of it is just, it's just, it's it's really entertaining some of the stuff that people do fight about. Frequently tell a story, um, my law partner and I actually met on a case where the people were fighting over a crock pot and a fishing pole. And these were not, these were people of significant means. So this wasn't like, you know, anything that was really meaningful to either one of them. But because when you're fighting about stuff, it's never about what it's worth. It's just about, you know, wanting to get something. particularly when you're at the end of the marriage by the way Michelle I might need you to have come over have you come over and help me with my basement even though I'm not going through a divorce (laughs) (laughs) that's okay (laughs) the basements where everything just kind of goes to die and just I don't know if
1: anyone's ever told you but there's a huge magnet in basements And they just, they just, you know, draw everything in.
0: They do. It's, it's amazing. And it's like onion layers. The further you go into the basement, you find things from 10 years ago, 15 years ago. So so you have 50, 50 custody of your children with your ex-husband. I know it's a little beyond the scope of our conversation, but I'm always interested in how that, how the children have reacted to that and how you and your ex-husband have been able to co-parent.
1: so as far as the logistics of it um we are fortunate in that we actually live within walking distance of each other which i know not everybody does we arranged it so that there was never going to be a drop-off or a pickup really from the house and that the bus would i mean that was when the kids were were smaller now it's not so much you know but but it's when, when we first got divorced and it was more sensitive, I guess, situation was more sensitive, um, the kids were dropped off at one parent and picked up from the other parent, or actually, no, rather, they were like, for example, they would be dropped off by me on a Friday and picked up on a Monday morning and dropped off Monday afternoon at their dad's. And so there really wasn't that handover at least in the beginning. And that was actually really helpful. But it took a while to, to work out the logistics of the stuff going back and forth, which which things did, did actually need to go back and forth versus the things that we needed to coordinate and get doubles of. And in the beginning, I will say the communication between he and I was not the best, and it's certainly not anywhere where it is today. But I would really say that the best thing you can do is speak to your kids and involve them. Um, you know, oftentimes people feel like, oh, it's so it's so taboo, and we don't want to involve that. We don't want to remind them that they're going to be living in two homes. But you can't really sugarcoat it. And I think that the more comfortable that the parents are with the situation and the logistics that are going to be involved the com- more comfortable the kids are going to be, you know, with this is their no reality, you know, and they need to, to participate in it because they're going to have, as they get older, especially they're going to have more information about what's going on in their lives than you do. And they're going to know what their needs are more clearly um, and quickly than you do. And, and communicating that with the open lines of communication, as far as what they need, where that's going to serve both you and the kids to, for things to run seem- more seamlessly.
0: Those were just wonderful comments, Michelle, that I think a lot of people should really listen to because you just encapsulized a lot of issues right there that one, that co-parenting is sort of a continuum and uh, it changes over time. You have to bring the children into the process and you have to be organized, which is really where you come into play, right? right? And I was really interested to look at your website and I really invite everybody to go take a look so you can sort of see a little bit more in depth of what Michelle offers. But there really are four, I will call them broad categories of things that really people need help with. And since we were just talking about children, let's stay on the children first. One of the things is school. And school is what your entire life revolves around when your kids are younger, because um, it really dictates everything. When you can go on vacations, when you can schedule things. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is you do specifically to help people when it comes to schooling whenever a divorce occurs?
1: Sure, so I would say overall, the most important thing to remember in everything that we're going to talk about and in these next few minutes is that no matter what the division of labor is in the family, while the parents are married, there's always going to be one parent who knows more about different areas. And now when you're breaking up um, and you are now dealing with two different homes, you are going to, you and your spouse or ex-spouse are going to need to know the same information as each other. So you are, whether it's 50, you know, 50 custody or whether it's another custody arrangement, when your kids are with you, you are 100 percent the parent and you can't We can't rely on the other parent to be, you know, um, at your disposal for information. And so that means that you need to get up to speed as much as possible with everything. And so. With specifically with with school and the academics, you know, these days um, there are parents who don't know that you know teachers have email lists of the parents, and are you on that email list? And that email list sends you out lots of you know important information, like when are vacations, when are you know days off, when are parent teacher conferences. Um, permission slips for, you know, back in the in the day when we actually did trips and went to school, you know, that will hopefully be coming back. But every communication from the school, parents both need to be on those lists and make sure. And I will say from experience that for some reason, and this really drives me crazy, but for some reason, schools and teachers, they sort of, they sort of lean toward that mom. And, you know, oftentimes my ex has been not on the list. And we've, we've said, you know, you really need to get him on the list. And then lo and behold, he's not on the list again, you know, a few days later. So, you know, I'll say, did you get that email about this? And he hasn't. So, you know, it's about advocating for yourself and your family and what you need. And so with the school situation, you may not know what you need. And that's where I can really help people and sit by saying, okay, you know, do you know what's happening? Does your child have a tutor? Um, who, you know, when you get into middle and high school, are you making sure that you know what all of the teachers that your kids have? Um, what do your kids need that that um is going to help them with their homework? Do they need multiple textbooks in in both homes? Um, you know, is there an appropriate homework space in both homes and workspace? Um, all those kinds of questions. And then, you know, oftentimes there's a tutor situation. Who's taking the kids to the tutor? Who is the tutor? How do I get in touch with the tutor? You know, um, and what's the follow up with all of that? Just to make sure that the kids lives and specifically here with academics and like you said, this is it. This is their 24 seven job, you know, academics. And if you want to make sure that the kids know that you are thinking about them and their needs, you need to be on top of the academics as a parent. It's really, really important.
0: You just overwhelmed me with everything you just said that (laughs) needs to be organized. Um, A perfect example of why it's so helpful to have someone like yourself involved Um, whenever uh, parents are separating. And I really think that in this context, really the parent who wasn't involved in education will stereotype and say perhaps it was dad and not mom, really is the person that really needs your help. Because a lot of times they don't know what they don't know, right? They don't know about you know how to get on these email lists. They're they're just not as attuned to it. Particularly if you've got an older child that maybe you haven't been the one doing any of this for you know ten years. Um, I really see that a lot with men. They just really don't know what's going on. And so one of the things that I've done with men before they even start the divorce process is at least make sure they know basic facts like who are your children's teachers, who are their doctors. You know. Yeah, who, you know, who is it out there? Get on the email list, all of those sorts of things. But that's just really surface level, right? Just knowing teachers' names and being on email lists. You just went through all of these layers of things you really need to get to know um, in order to be an effective parent. And particularly these days when parents are more 50-50. So I guess my question to you is, in this context, in this part of your organization practice, have you noticed that... You're dealing with men more than women, women more than men, or is there really no a distinction there?
1: Yeah, I would say that I am dealing with more men and i I, I hate stereotypes, but unfortunately they do exist um, based on some type of, of pattern that's become for before them and you know I, and just to to add on to this, I, I will say that. One of my personal goals with, and this is actually a recent goal that's come to my attention, is that with men, I find that um, there's so many messages from society um, and from ex-spouses that are telling them, you know what, you're not such a great parent. You're not going to be as good of a parent as I am. I'm the mom and I do a better job. And, you know, I really have, I really take issue with that because I feel like, that is really unfair, and it's untrue. And I will give my ex-husband here a plug, and I will say that he did a fantastic job um, of getting up to speed on everything with no help. He did it all by himself, as far as I know. Um, and you know, he has men have the skills to do this, but I do think that they're they're sort of pushed down and said you can't, you know, told you can't really do this. You're not really that good. Um, but men need to to you know work on, and I'm sure this is something you work on with your clients, John. They need to work on believing in themselves and that they can do it and they are just as good as the moms. And you know that's why I love working with men is because I'm giving them tools to step up and be the great parents that they can be. Um, they can be just as good and if bet not a bit better possibly sometimes than the moms. And kids need um two involved, healthy, competent, confident Parents, um, you know, on their team, on their side, it is so so important. And I really, one of the things I like to do is, is you know, um, participate. What I'm a- doing, sorry, is participating in changing that narrative about dads and and empowering them, and through just giving them some basic skills and basic information, and you know, but it's back to the you don't know what you don't know. They don't know what questions to ask. They don't know what they need to know to show up as the best parents possible.
0: It's so true. Um, most men, these days anyway, are really looking for equal time with their kids. And it sometimes it is because they were actually the more involved parent. Um, that's become more and more uh, relevant these days. There is a lot more men that are more involved with their kids. Some of it's just societal. They feel like they're not really a man if they don't ask for, you know, equal time with their kids. There's all kinds of reasons. But one thing that's clear for anyone in a divorce is you realize how much work having children is whenever you are the single parent, when it's just you um, handling your kids day to day. And so even if you know how to do all of these things, even if it seems pretty obvious to you how you can organize things, just being a parent is enough work. It is very overwhelming especially when you're setting yourself up after divorce. I mean, someone like you getting involved, I cannot even imagine how much stress it would alleviate, number one. And number two, just make sure you don't forget anything because I'm sure you have lists beyond lists of things that have to get done. And it's just so important that you don't leave any box unchecked because that could impact your kids. And after all, that's what this is about, making sure that you are – you know, stress-free, but you also provide, you're there for your kids and you're making sure your kids are fully um, in tune with um, their, you're in tune with their needs, they're in tune with your needs and that you're able to proceed so that they don't get exposed to the divorce as much as possible. Cause that's really what we don't want to do, right? We don't want the kids to be feeling the divorce quite as much. You've been doing this for a while. What have your clients told you about how, let's, we're sticking with school. What have your parents, ta- uh, parents of the, the clients of yours that are parents, what have they told you about how, what this has meant to them? How their children have reacted to the organization that you've been able to bring to their lives?
1: Yeah, like you said, I just want to go back for one second and, and just comment on what you said about, you know, that it's about the kids. And, and um, I will answer your question in a second. And going into a divorce, I think that we all, feel you know so overwhelmed by these messages of we're going to ruin our kids lives how are they ever going to be okay how are we going to be okay and we go into telling them that we're getting divorced with all of this baggage and it's really it's our baggage it's adult baggage kids don't are not emotionally developed enough to have the baggage that we perceive that they're going to have and so little things which are not little things but things like you know when the, when they go into your new home that you've set up and they've got a toothbrush they've got a garbage can they've got the right charger for their devices those are little things that show the kids that you can do that don't cost money and they're not time consuming but they are little things that get send that really really important message to your kids that they are thought of they matter they're not slipping through the cracks with all the stress of divorce and and those are just so incredibly important um, and as far as people's feedback um you know like you can imagine it's been it's been very very helpful and people have said you know i would have never thought about this i would have never that that overwhelmingly the the comments are, i would have never realized that i needed to do this Um, Or I would have, it would have taken me so long to figure it out that there would have been things that my kids would have missed out on that I would have missed out on. And it just makes you feel like you can exhale knowing that you're not forgetting things.
0: Yeah, this is definitely one of those things. It's about investing in yourself. Yes. Um, It's just like, it's just like anything. Like, for example, you and I are speaking right now, I could sit and edit, And, you know, prepare this video for the world to see or I, which I know how to do, or I could hire somebody else to do it and use my time for something more valuable. That's really what we're talking about. Time is money. And you can't get more time with your kids. When you have kids, you don't want to spend your time doing all these things, particularly if there's someone like you that can do it faster, more efficiently and make sure you don't forget anything. So let's talk about the next part of uh, organization, and that's your children's social life and their extracurricular activities. So what do you do to help people organize that?
1: Right. So, again, so much of this is age dependent. And so when you have smaller kids, there are oftentimes carpools and, you know, do both parents know who are in carpools? Who are your children's friends? Do you know who your children's friends are? Do you know who the parents are? Do you have their contact information, you know, for play dates? And we're speaking theoretically and when the world hopefully returns to the world of play dates and carpooling to places and all that kind of stuff. So the basic, you know, the first layer, I guess, would be the basic um, social lives of, of your kids and their friends um, and then their activities. And when you get into involved into sports and, you know, activities that are outside of school, there's again, there's carpools. There are oftentimes um, practices and there are games and all of that needs to go onto a schedule. And you need to not only, you know, it needs to be shared with the other parents and there's all kinds of, you know, co-parenting apps that work to do all of, to do this scheduling. And and I also stress with people that it has to be a system that works for you. Um, some people like a, wall like a wall calendar paper and pen and every month they take it out and they write on everything down on it they color code it or they don't or whatever it is some people like the parenting apps and they can share with with the other parents some people like you know google calendar or um, apple calendar whatever it is that they use it has to work for you it doesn't have to work for me i can make suggestions but i'm not the one who's taking your kids you know to soccer practice Um, And so as far as the social life, that's like the first layer. But as kids get older, you're getting divorced where you've got like, you know, even a middle schooler these days, but a teenager, you know, high schooler and beyond. There are things like summer camp. Um, like internships like college types of visitations that need to be calendared in and you can't arrive in in may and say oh you know what i think my kid wants to go to camp let me look into that because there's no camp available um, so all of these things need to be calendared out and oftentimes with um, with the co-parent and really what i like to emphasize is that if you spend a little time and you talked about a financial investment but i'm going to talk now a little bit about a time investment if you spend the time on the front end you know putting in the time to to make a calendar or 6 months a year whatever it is filling you know a basic calendar and then filling it is as things come up you can truly exhale, relax. And like you said, you know, if you've got 50-50, whatever time you've got with your with your kids, you don't wanna be worrying about this when you're with your kids, just like you don't wanna have to be worrying about the physical things in your house that you're missing. You don't wanna be shopping for sheets and garbage cans when you have such a limited time with your kids. And you you just wanna be able to relax and do, you know, spend time with them doing what they want, re- you know, relaxing at home, whatever it is that you as a family want to do. And oftentimes that involves building new things that work for you and your new new family, what your new family looks like.
0: Yeah, not to pick on men, but you know, men are really bad about calendaring anyway. And I just can think of all of the ways in which being organized is just great for you. But it's even things that you're just not thinking about. Like for example, right now, if you're late, you know, you have a late meeting at work and you're gonna be home late. You've got someone at home, you know, you're married to somebody that's there with the kids, but when you're divorced and now you're the one that has the children and you're late, do you have a plan? Do you have a babysitter on call that you can call? come over? Do you have a situation where your um, ex-spouse can come over and stay with the kids? So that's really what being so organized is about. It's all those unforeseen things too that come up. And again, I don't want to pick on men too much, even though I work with them all the time. They're horrible at calendaring. Horrible. I can't even tell you the number of them that don't put anything on their calendar, you know, because I can remember it all. You know, I can remember it all. No, you can't, particularly when you've got even one child between school and extracurricular activities and birthday parties and, you know, all the, You know, if they're in scouts or, you know, the gymnastics or football, you add it all together, it really makes your head hurt. It really does. And so I can see how important all of that is. So we've been, we've been kind of skating around the moving into the house, moving uh, moving you out of a house into a new house. You've kind of talked a little bit about, you know, making sure you've got things for your kids in the house, but I can imagine this is probably from your perspective, one of the most time consuming parts of it for some people, you know, the logistics of moving out of one house into another. So I'm curious, what what is your process look like? What are some of the things that you do And what is it that people really need the most of for um, help from you to uh, move into a new residence?
1: Sure. Okay. So yeah, we'll we'll head on the the physical space. So the first step that I can work with people is in in dividing their stuff, because as we talked about before, you know, there's going to be this accumulation of stuff in the basement and the attic and everywhere. And so who gets what? Um, And that's the first step. And The other thing that I really try to encourage people is that this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to get rid of things that you don't love, you don't use, you don't need. You don't need five apple cores in your new home. You don't. And so this is a time to to apply some of those general organizing principles, get rid of some stuff and I can pack up as we're going through, you know, if that's something that the person who's moving out would like me to do. I mean, I can pack up as we're going through. Also donate, you know, that's something else where people may may feel like they don't know where to, you know, there's so much when you're going through divorce that for you to say, oh, you know, I have this stuff, but I want to get rid of it, but I don't want to throw it away. I want to donate it. That's where I can step in and I can say, don't worry about it. We can, don't. I know where we can donate it. We can recycle it, etc. We can throw it out. I can take care of all of those logistics. And so that's really helpful for people. And then from that division place, I work with people who are either staying in the marital home. And person who's staying in the marital home may have a situation where the spouse has moved out and taken some of the stuff. In my own situation, my ex moved out and he took the living room couch with him and some artwork. And so every time I walked into the living room, it screamed out to me, he's gone, you know, Um, and to my kids too. And so again, at the end of the day, when you're dealing with everything that you're dealing with through divorce, you may not say like, okay, it's seven o'clock at night. Let me let me start a- rearranging my house and filling in those gaps. So when someone moves out, um, it creates gaps in the home where you were together as a family. And those physical gaps can really translate into emotional gaps. Um, and so I can help people Close those gaps, you know, bringing in someone who's got another set of eyes and is not personally involved to redesign and reimagine your home so that it works for you and your kids where you are now and going forward into this, this um, new phase of your life is something that I like to do. And I also like to tell people, you know what, you may not need to run out and buy a ton of stuff. And that's, which is something else that people do. They say, Oh, the couch is gone. This is gone. That's gone. Let's run out and let's buy it. You know, buy new things. You may not need to do that. You may just need to rearrange. And of course, when you're going through divorce, oftentimes you know, people are watching what what's coming in and going out as far as money. So any extra money that can be saved on things, um, I certainly would would help support. Um, and I I encourage people to say to sit with things and say, you know what? Like when you first buy a house, sit with it for for six months a year, see how you now function as a family, and see what you truly need and what you don't need. Because going into it, you may think that you needed know couch is a bad example because probably you're gonna need somewhere to sit. But you know, you may not need an end table here or a ton of art or whatever it is. You may not need to replace it, you know, one-to-one. You may need you may be okay and you may even like having less. So hang on, wait for a while, and then you can go back and revisit it. Um, and so that's that's the people who are staying in in the marital home. And then as far as people who are moving out, the parent who's moving out and setting up a new residence, that's where I love to get in early because I have heard so many stories and seen so many situations where people um, do not think through where they're going um, as far as is there going to be enough space for my children and myself to be comfortable and it, and and it doesn't just mean is there a bed for everybody it's like where are their homework spaces like we talked before where are their you know people need need space assuming that you know uh, uh, financially there are um, you know they're okay and there are, the considerations are better i like to help people before they go somewhere Think it through. Oftentimes, all people need to do is talk it through and make a plan. And hear some options that they may not have. It's back to the you don't know what you don't know. It's back to the huh? Well, I didn't know that we could do this and use a room divider and that that would work as you know a homework space for one of my kids. And then you know my other kid has uh, their own room, and we can you know put off cordon off a space here. You know, it, it's just options that people might not think of themselves. Um, That's really helpful. And then oftentimes in the setting up of the new home, people um, want me to do more than less. You know, Sometimes people are full-time job, exhausted. They just want to hand over the keys and go, here, you set it up. And the other thing I like to do is, is like we talked before, assuming that the parents are on board with it, is involve the kids. Talk to them. What do you want your new room to look like? They are so so many things in their lives right now are out of control and to give them some ownership and some control and, you know, looking forward to, I get to pick my own sheets. I get to pick, you know, the paint color, what's on the walls, that, Those are the little things that really go a a long way to making the kids feel comfortable and look forward to the the time in the new home.
0: I was always thinking about the new home. I'm so glad you talked about the person who's staying in the marital home, if someone's staying there, because that's the one thing I actually didn't even consider when I was looking at what you do and how important is that? Because we are all, I think as humans, we have a hard time seeing beyond the four corners of our of our image of our life and sometimes it's just like it's just like a mindset If you've got a mindset problem somebody else can probably see it very clearly but you can't see it right. because you've got blinders on And i think the same thing about a house that's why people's houses always look the same right no matter where you move you set up your house the same right. way you kind of have your own image right? right i think it's wonderful because i can only imagine whenever If I got divorced and my spouse moved out, you know, there's going to be reminders everywhere around the house that you were married. And I think having somebody come in like you, Michelle, and say, listen, we can rearrange some things in here. We can really make this a fresh place for you, a fresh place to start the next chapter of your life is so powerful. I'm really impressed with that. I mean, do you ever work with both parties in a divorce or do you only work with one party?
1: So I don't generally work with both. Um, I think at the beginning of the divorce, most times it's easier. They're they're not really at that. We talked about process before. Generally, they want to, you know, be heard themselves, Um, meaning they have their own goals and they are separating from the other person. You know, going from a we to a me. I think that it's. I I actually really prefer to work just with the one person. Um, and that's it. I've never done it and worked separately with two parents, um, you know, at different times because then, you know, you know, the kids already and you know, their lifestyle. And that is something that I would, you know, definitely welcome. I think that's great if it worked for the family, but no, you know, except for dividing the stuff. And, and again, you know, I make sure that everyone's on the same page that everyone, you know, if, if there are lists of you know, pre arranged and discussed things that are getting divided, everyone needs to be on the same page, because I really don't want to find myself in the middle of, you know, uh, emotional problems and issues while we're going through stuff. That's not not my area.
0: (laughs) Have you ever gotten involved in a legal part of the divorce before? Have you ever gotten involved where an attorney has gotten you involved in some way?
1: No, you mean with the, with the stuff, so to speak,
0: or well, any part of the process? I mean, have you somehow found your way entangled in their legal dispute with regard to the kids, the houses or anything else? Because you really are getting yourself. You know, you're getting your tentacles into someone's life and really helping them move forward. Just having done divorce for so long, I know that there's things that are inconceivable to me that become issues in divorce. And so I was just wondering if you just have it, it has ever happened to you.
1: Oh, because as I go along, I am super careful at every twist and turn to make sure that there are appropriate boundaries. I do not want to, I don't ever find myself in those situations. That's good. That's we good. Well, <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know what? It's whenever you're going through a divorce, you always want to be sure you're not doing anything that's going to result in more arguments, right? You <laughs> want to make sure them. that you're, you're trying to get out of that stage. Um, <laughs> right. so, so we've got your kids set up. We've got their social life set up. We've got your new house set up or your existing house remodeled a little bit. So now we got to work on you which is the one thing i think a lot of people completely forget about in the whole process is working on you and organizing yourself. So i know on your website you talk about, you know, physical and mental health. And i just think that's so important and wonderful. So tell me a little bit about what it is, why you think it's important. Let's start with that. Why do you think it's important? to um, help people organize their um, mental and physical health?
1: Well, the physical and mental health that you are referring to really goes along with the divorce toolkit um, sequence with the kids. So the mental and physical health um, that I speak about has to do with, with making sure that again, you're up to speed with what's happening with your kids, physical health, um, you know, knowing when, they're supposed to go to the doctor who the doctor is you know all those things around insurance as well and then with the mental health oftentimes if the children were not in uh therapy before oftentimes during divorce they will um find that this is a time when um they bring in a therapist and so the coordination of all of that so i don't now i can definitely speak to um you know my own personal opinions as far as how physical and mental health helps you during and after divorce. Um, But that's not actually something that I do with the parents. But I do believe that the mental health, and I think we referenced this before, having you be organized in your home and in your household and with your children Really does promote you being organized in your mind, having more serenity, more calm. And that translates into you being able to have more, I guess if you could say productive downtime, which that sounds like an oxymoron, but when you have your downtime to spend it in the in the best way for yourself in order to recharge and get ready for when your kids come back to you. Um, and so the organization goes to, you know, organization of everything to, that you're not worried and running around scattered, you know, when the kids are not with you, that allows you to have that downtime and use it for downtime, be it, you know, your own personal development, be it socially with friends or back into the dating scene or with, with a significant other.
0: Sorry about that. I, That's I, I, think I, I think I looked at it wrong, but but still I think you're absolutely right. If you look at this holistically, it really is going to help you and your view on post-divorce life. This is really about giving you an opportunity. I'll I'll sort of change it into this is giving you an opportunity to think about yourself so that you don't have to think about all these little things. I think that's so important. And um, so... Even though Michelle doesn't help with the parents' uh, mental health, you know, everyone listening, that is so important that you do take care of yourself. And if you get um, Michelle involved, you will have the opportunity to worry about yourself a little bit more and work on yourself because yeah. all of these little things she's gonna help you take care of. Right. And children's mental health, I mean, Michelle, this is something that, um, and I, again, I'm not going to, I don't want to pick on men all the time, but I'm going to pick on them again. A lot of men have aversion to therapy, just generally speaking. And one of the arguments that comes up frequently in divorce and post-divorce are mothers who see their children are suffering or they're having, you know, behavioral problems at school or you know they're becoming more isolated at home and they think the children should go to therapy rightfully so there's nothing wrong with therapy and a lot of men don't want the therapy too i do think that in terms of organizing you know it's important that fathers understand and mothers too there are certain mothers that need to orga- uh, understand too that whatever your children have been doing and whatever their schedule is, you're just helping organize so that the children don't feel like there's been a change in their life. You know, and I think that's, if you look at it very, very basically, that's what you're helping people do is make sure the children have continuity and that the change in residence isn't going to impact them in any kind of substantial way so that you can work on yourself you can try to be a good parent i always say that happy parents are good parents right uh, and and you know children don't need married parents they need happy parents
1: yes, yes absolutely
0: yeah and that, I mean, it's so basic yeah. But yeah so i think you know making sure that we're putting the children's mental and emotional health front and center is part of this organization post divorce is so important how did you come to the conclusion that was a good of a part of the program that you wanted to offer people?
1: Um, the mental health piece, you mean the mental health and physical health? Well, I just, you know, I, I looked at the overall, um, you know, um, life of children and what goes on in children's lives besides school and besides activities. And, you know, I, I would say it also came a little bit from an experience that I had that made me realize, you know what, um, I need to, to bring this up to parents because um, you know, oftentimes one parent has the insurance, If both parents are going to be going to the doctor with the children, they both need access to that insurance. And oftentimes, parents are not going to be so forthcoming with that. And so to make sure that you've got a copy, if you are not the parent who holds the primary insurance, when you take your kid to the doctor, you need to make sure that you have that information, you have a secondary card before you get to the doctor so that your child can be seen. That was something that didn't, that happened to me. It wasn't, but it was not a malicious thing that happened, but it was just something that made me wake up and say oh you know what um you need to, it's back to that you need to be 100 percent ready and prepared with every detail and paper and number and you know contact to, to take care of your kids needs when they are with you for whatever percentage of that time it is
0: absolutely wonderful well michelle if anyone wants to work with you how did they get in touch with you how does your program work
1: So the best thing to do would be like you mentioned early at the top of the the conversation was to go to my website, which is divorce-rx.com. And on there, um, you can schedule, I do a free complimentary chat. If somebody just wants to call me and say, you know what, this is what's going on in my life. What, you know, this is where I am. I'm ready. I need help or I'm not ready. Or what type of help could you give me? I'm happy to talk it through. With somebody, um, and you know, on the the website as well, are descriptions of the divorce toolkit, which is the program with the different weeks that you talked about. Um, I also do a power hour, which um, is like a introduction to getting to know. Each other. If you're not ready to make the time or money investment, um, I ask people to bring me their biggest, you know, pain point. What's keeping you up at night? What What do you need help with today, right now? Let's talk it through. I'm going to give you some actionable steps to fix it, um, to move forward with some with a nice plan, mm-hmm. and then you know, from that, we sort of try each other on for size and see if we can work together in the future. So that's kind of a little dipping your toe into the the pool to see if this is something that that will be helpful for you. Yeah.
0: How long does your core program take?
1: So it takes the way it's set out now is it's eight weeks with a one hour session virtual session in between uh, every two weeks so it's four sessions with the outline that you talked about the physical space the the academic um the physical and mental health and then the the social and activities so that takes uh an eight week that's an eight week program but sometimes people are like you know what i am time sensitive i have some things i need to get done or i don't that's not how i personally operate Um, I need to get things done up up front. I want everything done. I can I can take that divorce toolkit and do it in a weekend in a couple of days, Um, you know, break it down into into a quicker type of of program. So I really want to emphasize that I I believe that it's so important to meet people where they are and to hear them and to listen to what their needs are, because they're going to be so different than the last person's needs or the next person's needs. And to say, okay, this is what you need and this is how we can achieve it. And to work together to come up with a plan that works for them and where they are. So I am flexible, I am open to suggestions as far as what works and happy to speak to anyone who would like to um, you know, just flesh it out.
0: Wonderful. When in the divorce process, is it the best time to get you involved?
1: The earlier, the better. I mean, oftentimes um, certified financial divorce analysts or certified divorce financial analysts, rather, CDFAs, they always say, if you know, most of their clients come to them thinking, how can I get divorced? Like, how will this look financially afterwards? So I like that model because if people come to me when they're thinking about it and they're saying, well, I don't know how this is going to look. You know, how, how am I going to divide the stuff? How am I going to set up a new home? What's going to happen with the kids? What's going to happen with custody? How are my kids going to logistically go between? They can't even wrap their heads around it, even though they may have seen friends or family members do it. When it's your own family, it's like something completely different. You're too close to it. And so having someone talk that through um, before you, decide that you want a divorce um, is that's ideal, but that doesn't always happen, of course. Um, And I also, you know, I'm happy to work with people who have been divorced for a while and say, you know what, this is just not working. And we can do a little maintenance and repair um, and and clean up, so to speak.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much for being here, Michelle. It was a (laughs) pleasure having you.
1: Thank you so much. This was great, John. And I really I wish you all the luck with your with your client base and all the men out there. Keep going because they're you know, it's not easy, but they can do it. They really can.
0: Well, thank you. And again, if you want to work with Michelle, visit her website, divorce rxcom rx um, You'll get. much more in-depth conversation of all of her different uh, programs if you just go there. It's a great website. As you can tell, Michelle has a lot to offer. I think that anyone going through a divorce, you owe it to yourself to at least reach out to her and have a conversation to see how she can help you. Thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show.
1: We'll see you next time.